Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. It is the final part of our year-end series called Sent. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, enjoy. The story that we're in this morning is found in Joshua. It's an Old Testament book. I want to read a passage of scripture that's going to set us in the direction I want to go. Joshua chapter 4 says this. It says, Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick one stone and carry it on your shoulders, 12 stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. The title of my message this morning is Stepping Stones. Stepping Stones. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys can be seated. Man, anyone excited to be in church this morning? Let's go. I've, I've noticed that you guys aren't loud enough this morning, and so... I'm here to bring some energy. Anyone excited to be here this morning? Let's go. This is the last time I'm preaching in this building in 2019. And so I need you all to respond like you're not going to see me up on this stage for a little while. You guys all right? Let's go. Uh, I have a question for you guys. I need you guys to respond. Uh, Anyone in this room, you guys would consider yourself like nostalgic? Anyone like really nostalgic? I... uh, I'm someone that I get nostalgic quite often, um, and like I just kind of like get the feels for things. Anyone ever get that before? Like something reminds you of something, and you're brought back to a time or a place, and it just feels really good. Um, my favorite band in the entire world is Coldplay. Anyone like Coldplay in this place? Let's go. We got a few safe. We got a few safe people here. Uh, Coldplay is the, is the best band in the entire world. Come on, somebody. And uh, it's. Uh, it's been really cool because it seems that, like, for Coldplay, like, <clears throat> there's been so many times where uh, they'll release an album, and Coldplay is one of the few bands where I'll actually listen to the whole album, like, from beginning to end, and it just seems like Coldplay always releases albums at, like, monumental times in my life, and so, like, I remember back um, when I first started going to university, uh, they released an album called Milo Xyloto, and uh, if, unless you're a Coldplay fan, it doesn't mean much to you, but... Um, I remember getting that album my first year university. I drove to HMV, and I picked it up. This is before Spotify. Um, and I picked it up, and it's just, I, I love the album. And I love that album because it reminds me of a time, not only was it my first year university, but it's when I met Christy, my wife. Come on, somebody. And so, like, every time I listen to the songs from that album, it brings me back to that time. Like, it reminds me of when Christy and I first met. And uh, it's, it's really cool because, like I said, Coldplay just, they jive with me, and so... Two and a half weeks ago, they released a brand new album. And uh, as you guys may or may not know, uh, something pretty big in my life happened like two weeks ago. Uh, we had twins. And so uh, it, was, it was really cool. I'll never forget this moment. Uh, when their album was released, um, I was up at about five or six in the morning, not because I'm spiritual, because the babies are up. Um, and uh, I remember because Christy was trying to sleep, and I really wanted her to sleep. And so I was just doing everything I could to keep the babies quiet. And uh, so I was, you know, rocking their, their bassinets, and then I had one, uh, one of my headphones in. And then I listened to the album from beginning to end. And it was really cool because the first uh, half, it's a double album. Uh, the first half is called Sunrise. The second half is called Sunset. And so, like, I was literally listening to the album as the sun was rising. 
and uh, I was just listening to the album with my, my two girls, and it was a really cool moment. And it was only two weeks ago, and, and they're still babies, so like I'm not quite nostalgic yet, but I know there's going to come a time when like I'm driving with these girls, and I'm going to play this music, and I'm going to say, hey, uh, I, I remember when I watched you guys as babies, and I was listening to this song. And, and so this album is going to be a memorial in my life forever. It's going to remind me of a time when, when, when these babies were born. And uh, the reason I want to talk about that is because as a church, what we're doing this morning, I believe that we are setting up a memorial. We're about to do something together that's going to be a reminder of what God has done and what God is doing in this place. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're actually creating a moment. And we're creating a time where we can remember all that God has done. What I have said throughout this whole series, I said this has been a faith series. It's a series where we come together and we believe that God is moving in this place. We believe that God is moving in our lives. And because of all the goodness of God, we give to him. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we are going to give. And the reason, uh, if you guys have been with us through this series, we're calling this our sent offering. This whole series has been called sent. And uh, there's, there's a very specific reason that I named these year-end offerings. If you're with us, last year was called Expand. Anyone with us last year for Expand? A few people. And I know a year-end offering is not something that, you know, I made up myself. It's, you know, many churches do it. Um, a lot of churches will, will call it heart for the house, which is really cool, a heart for the house offering. But the reason that I kind of like to give it names and words is because I want these words and these names to be a reminder of what God did in that season. And so last year it was expand because we were believing that God was going to expand what we were doing. And this year it's sent because we're believing God's going to send us out in 2020 and we're going to continue the work that we've been doing in this place. And so what we're doing this morning is we're creating a moment where we can remember and look forward to all that God is doing and what God has done in 2019. I want to start uh, in Joshua chapter 3 and Joshua chapter 4 this morning. This is a story. uh, It's in the Old Testament. um, And it's a story about legacy. It's a story about faith and legacy, I should say. And it's a really cool story. I'll give you a little bit of backdrop before I actually read anything. Um, For those who who may know, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there's a story where Moses uh, leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. Now, if you haven't been in church your whole life, maybe you don't know that story, or maybe you've seen Prince of Egypt, or maybe you've seen the Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody. But it's this story where where God miraculously delivers a group of people and it kind of uh, all comes together when the Red Seas part. Anyone know this story? Yeah. We've got a few people. you got some Sunday school background, anything? Come on, let's go. A few people know the story. Um, and if you don't, that's okay. But for many people, they believe that once the nation of Israel, and I should preface by saying the nation of Israel, these are kind of like God's people. And a lot of people think the story ends when the nation of Israel crosses through the Red Sea. And this is the greatest thing that God has ever done. But where we pick up our story in Joshua chapter 3, this is actually 40 years later. Because what happens after the group of Israelites part through the Red Sea is that they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so now where we pick up our story, this is the next generation. This is 40 years later. Many of the people that crossed the Red Sea are now dead. Moses, their leader, is now dead. And Joshua is the one in charge. This is the next generation. You guys all following? Degrassi, the next generation. You guys watch that show? This is the next generation. And so this is what happens in Joshua 3, verse 7. It says, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader 
in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. I need to pause for a second. We need to understand what's going on. The Israelites have a place that they need to go, but the problem is there is a large body of water in the way. Everyone following? Anyone getting deja vu? There's a, they're caught in between where they need to go and, and a big body of water. And so he says, when you reach the banks of the Jordan, tell the priests to take a few steps and stop there. Skipping to verse 13, it says, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, and as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing at its banks. God is about to perform a miracle, but the only thing that we need to see is that there is something standing in between their miracle. Their miracle is on the other side of the water. Everyone following? Now, this is a scene very similar to what happened 40 years ago. And so I want us to see two things. Number one, it's this. For so many of us, we live on the faith of those who went before us. We hear stories of how God has moved in the past. But what I love about this story and what it's letting us know is that God has a story and God has a faith for every single generation. It's not that he works 40 years ago. It's that God works today. We don't have a God that has just done things. We have a God that is doing things. And so the people of Israel are brought to a new body of water. It's new people because God has a new miracle for them. I believe for every single person in this room, God has something new for us. But this morning, many of us are standing on the edge of the sea. And what God is calling us to do, God is calling us to take a step in and to trust him, and to trust him. You see what's so interesting about this story in verse 1 and 2, the Bible lets us know that, that the people of Israel were brought to, this, to the Jordan River, and what happens is, is that they set up camp there. And they set up camp, and they do not get any word from the Lord. And so they have just enough time in these three days to look at this body of water and wonder what the heck are we going to do. To wonder how is God going to make a way? How is God going to provide? It's three days. For the last three weeks, we've been setting up this year-end offering. And many of us have been saying to ourselves, well, I don't know how God's going to provide. I'm not sure if I have anything to give. I don't have enough. But this morning, I believe that God is bringing us to the edge of the river. And he's calling us to take a step in. You see, what I want us to see is something so interesting in verse 8. It says this, it says, Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. You need to understand something. The Bible lets us know this is at the high time. Like the water's high. It's flowing and it's rushing. And so the command that God gives to the priest, he says, hey, you need to take a step into the water. You need to step in. You see, for a lot of us, when God calls us to take a step of faith in whatever faith that looks like, we would like to step onto dry ground. Come on, somebody. We want to step where it's safe. We want to step where it makes sense. But I love what God says to the people. He says they need to step into the running water. They need to step into the water in order to experience the miracle. Here's the point. 
The miracle is always in the middle. The miracle is always in the middle. You guys should make some noise for that one. You see, nothing of significance in our lives will ever happen standing on the edge. God is always calling us into the middle, into the middle. The problem for so many of us is we look at the water, and the water looks high, and the water looks fast, and it looks cold, and we ask ourselves, how could I possibly step in? But the thing with faith is God will often call us to step in without knowing what the next step looks like once we're actually in there. You know, I've realized something about faith. And faith for me is a struggle because I realize in my life, I've done a number of things that take great faith. And sometimes you could even say I'm a person of faith, but I really struggle with that, that definition for myself. Because I look at everything that we've done, and now for those who don't know the story of this church, um, we started this church, I started this church when I was 25 years old. That's, that's pretty young to start a church, and it's pretty young to step out. And when I stepped out, it was a great act of faith for many reasons. I had many people, and, and when I left, I left job security. I left a religious denomination. And, and when I left, I had many people saying that you've left the, you've left the blessing of God. There's, there's nothing else on the other side. There's nothing else in the middle. You're going to fail. And there's people that still think we're going to fail. But we're here. Come on, somebody. And so it was a great leap of faith to do that. Krija told the story in the MC time. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, we took another giant step of faith. Uh, we rented the Arden Theater in St. Albert. Come on, somebody. And at the time when we rented the theater uh, that holds 500, that was about 10 times the size of our church. And so that's a great act of faith to do it. But we sold out in two weeks. Come on, somebody. But listen, Krija on her Facebook, since she was emceeing up here, she wrote a post this week, and she kind of just documented the story of faith. And she just basically said, you know, when Harrison uh, told us that we were doing this, like, I didn't really, like, know what he was thinking, right? <laughs> and as, as I read that, and I'm reading about myself, like, it makes me sound like a person of great faith, right? Because, like, man, look, look at the faith of this guy to start a church, to step out. And, and, and these are great acts of faith, and I found that every time we step out in faith, God meets us there. But the reason that I really struggle with this distinction of considering myself a person of faith is because every single time I've stepped out to do something, every time we've done something crazy, I've never really felt it. I come up here, like Vision Saturday, I'll preach it to you guys, I'll preach it to our team, we're going to sell this place out. It's going to happen. Can I be honest with you guys? A couple of weeks after we said that, I wanted to cancel. We made a deposit, but I was like, whatever, we'll, take, we'll get it back. Like, I'll cover it. Like, let's just cancel this thing. When, we, when I planted this church, like, it wasn't like I had all this peace all of a sudden. But in that, I've realized something, and it's actually quite freeing. You see, faith isn't a feeling. Come on. Faith isn't a feeling. You see, for so many of us, the reason we struggle with faith, the reason we don't consider ourselves people of faith is because we're waiting to feel something. But I love what the Bible says. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Can I tell you guys something? If you don't see it, it's going to be hard to feel it. But if you can see it, it's not faith. I even say this, if you can feel it, it's not faith. I spoke last week, I spoke last week about the posture of giving. And I said, I'm so excited to give this week. And I said, I'm a little bit giddy to give even. 
Because when we're open-handed, it, it changes everything. But can I be honest as well? As excited as I am to give, I'm also a little bit scared. Because God always calls for a great offering and a great sacrifice. And so, yeah, I know that I'm giving. I know what God's going to do. But there's still a part of me that's like, man, like, this could go to my kid's education. <laughs> this could go to diapers. <laughs> I don't have a retirement plan. But God says give. You see, if I was 100% comfortable, it wouldn't be a faith offering. But because I feel a little bit comfortable, because maybe it's a little bit more than we actually have to give, I'm actually knowing that I'm giving in faith. And that actually makes me more excited. I'm scared, but I'm excited. That's kind of how I would classify faith. I'm scared, but excited. This morning, I know that God is calling all of us to give. And for some of us, he's stretching us more than we thought we had the capacity to give. Now understand this, a church is not built on offerings. A church is built on faithful giving. Come on, somebody. So I want to give honor to everyone that faithfully gives to this place. But as we come together for an offering, it's a whole different thing. It's in a whole different posture. And I love it because it's going to give some people who have never given the opportunity to give. And for a lot of us, it's going to be hard. You're going to be scared. But this is what faith is. Faith is the assurance of what we cannot see. It's the assurance, and Christy and I, we prayed over our offering this morning, and I said, God, I said, God, I thank you because I know that you can do something with this that I can't do myself. I have plans, but God has something more, and so I thank him for it. Come on, you can clap your hands for that. Don't be scared. You see, the priests have to step in, and the Bible does not document what they must have felt. But I'm sure they were feeling something. This water is this cold. This is scary. This is whack. But what I've realized about great things that happen in life, feelings are not often documented, but actions are. When you look back at the scope of history, no one really is too concerned about what people feel. It's more so what they did. We live in a generation, I see a lot of people telling everyone how they feel. I would much rather tell people what you did. And the reason this story is known today is because the people actually stepped in. Because the miracle is in the middle. It's when you step in. Now, for a lot of us, we say every generation is a new thing. For some of us, it's like, man, like I served in my 20s and my 30s. I gave when I was a teenager. Understand this. For every new thing that God wants to do, it's going to require a new sacrifice. God cannot bless new, new, old sacrifices with new blessings. Is God wants to do something more. God wants to do something new. And so this morning, God's given us the opportunity. Look what happens. It says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed out to the Dead Sea until the river bank was dried. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. As soon as they stepped in, they received the miracle. The miracle is in the middle. Look what happens next. Joshua makes a point. He says, meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the river bend as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. I want us to see this. The priests were the ones that God instructed to go first. 
And the Bible lets us know once the priests went first, it says the whole nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River. Now, there's a debate amongst scholars, but I'll let you all know it's a big number. Some people think it's millions of people, the nation of Israel. We know it was at least hundreds of thousands. But because of the few priests that stepped into the middle, the whole nation walked through. Here's the point I want us to make, and write this down if you're a note-taking people. Someone always has to go first. Someone has to go first. God is waiting. God is just waiting to do something, but someone has to go first. And when someone has the faith to go first, the whole nation walks behind. You know, when we started this church, it's crazy, but um, I, left, I left my job and I, um, we stepped out and started meeting. It was two years ago in May, almost two full years, which is crazy. The time goes by so fast. And when we stepped out, Christy and I knew that it was going to be a great sacrifice and, you know, it's kind of our thing, our vision that God's given us. So we knew that um, we were going to have to give greatly to it, which we did. Um, but I think that we're not necessarily the first ones for this because if God has called us to it, we have a great vision. You need other people. It can't just be you. And so I remember uh, when we started meeting in our house, we were meeting in the basement of my house, just kind of sharing the vision. This is what we want to do. And right around the very beginning, um, there was a couple, and they gave us a letter. And I remember, and I'll never forget it, I went upstairs, and I, I think Christy was there too, and I opened it in my office, and I read the letter. And in the letter, they just wrote that they're, they're just so um, just looking forward to what God's about to do. Then they said something, and I'll never forget it. They said, a great vision requires a great sacrifice. And in the letter, there was a check for $5,000. Now, for some of us, that's a lot of money. For some of us, it's a little bit. But we need to understand is that they were the very first ones to give to this church. The very first ones. And now at that time, we were meeting in my basement, and rent is free other than our mortgage, I guess. But we realized that, you know, we want to actually meet in a place and we want to meet in a building, but, like, if we don't have any money, we can't do it. But when those people gave, and they gave for the very first time, it renewed a confidence in me that, hey, people are actually going to give to this place. People are actually going to give to this vision. Maybe we're not going to be in this basement forever. And it was soon after that we found this church. We began to rent it, and we started in September 2018. And you need to understand, since this church has started, we've had over 100 people make decisions for Jesus. We've had eight people get baptized. Come on, somebody. But listen to this. All of us are here because of the sacrifice of those who went first. Of those who went first. Someone has to go first. But listen to this. Here's the beauty of it. I think that God is calling every single generation to do something. That story happened in 2018. 20, yeah, 2018. It's 2019, almost 2020. God has something new. God has something more. We have a vision for our church. It's for the one. We are believing this year that God is going to use every single one of us in this room to reach one more person. You know how it's going to happen? It's going to be through the sacrifice of those who go first. God is, and God's about to do something in this church. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my spirit. Anyone else feel it? If you don't feel it, the door's that way. God's about to do something in this place. And it's going to happen based on those who go first. And so we have an opportunity here in 2019 because there are people who have never been to this place, people who have never experienced this place. 
and they're going to come here. They're going to give their life to Jesus. We're going to see more baptisms, more decisions. And they are going to be here because of the sacrifice that many of us will make today. Because we went first. Because we had the faith to believe that God has something for this generation. That God has something more. Someone has to go first. Someone has to go in the middle because the miracle is in the middle. I want to encourage us today is your day. This is your moment. This is your season. Some of us are saying maybe it's next season. It's this season. It's right now. God has brought you here for such a purpose as today that he may use you. I know we have people in this room. You are believing in faith for someone. You are believing in faith for family members. God's brought you here to go first. To say, God, I'm going to give to you and you do the rest. Someone has to go first. The Arden Theater this year, guys. I said it already. We sold out in two weeks. That's crazy. So crazy. And, and, and you know, the, the, the thing is, we made it a free show, and maybe that's why it sold out. Um. <laughs> but it's God. But listen, the reason it's a free show is because we had people generous enough to give to this place. And the reason we give to this place is because we want to pour back into our community. And so it's the sacrifices of the past that are going to get us next Sunday at the Arden Theater. But here's what I believe to be true. For every new blessing, there's a new sacrifice. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just, I feel it. If we did 500 in two weeks, what's going to stop us next year from doing 1,000? What if we do two shows? Let's go. That's, that's 1,000 people that we can proclaim the name of Jesus to. Come on. But in order to do that, it's going to take a new sacrifice. And so there's people here today, you're going to give to that. Next week, I believe it to be true. I don't know a number because I haven't got like a vision or anything like that. But I think next week, out of those 500 people, I think many are going to make decisions for Jesus. I believe it to be true. All of us in this last year that have given to this church in any way, you played a part in that. That's your miracle. This offering is for next year because we're believing in new miracles. We're believing, I'm, I'm looking at you, I'm believing for your family. Because I know you have people in your family you're praying for every single day. God, when's it going to happen? You have coworkers. God, when's it going to happen? I've been praying for years. I'm believing with you in faith 2020 is the year. It's the year that it happens. And so we're going to come here in a moment as a posture of worship and say, God, I believe it. I believe it. I'm, I'm giving this to you. Do what only you can do. But someone has to go first. Someone has to go first. And so what happens is the whole nation of Israel crosses. This is the part I want us to see. Verse 4, we read it at the beginning. It says, Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulders, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. So God performs this miracle. And he tells the people of Israel to go grab a stone and to go into the middle and put the stones up. And the reason that God tells them to do that is as a reminder. It's so that you never forget what happened here at the Jordan River. It's so every single time you come to the Jordan, you remember that God parted it. You see, the stones were a reminder of the miracle. The stones were a reminder of the miracle. This morning, I believe this offering that we are giving is kind of like a stone. It's a reminder of the miracle. 
I've shared just a few things, but I need you guys to understand that you are sitting in a miracle. If it's your first time here, you are sitting in a miracle. And so we give God these stones as a reminder of the miracle. Look what he says next. It says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? You see, there's people, they're not going to understand the sacrifice that went into this place. I don't think my kids, my daughters will ever fully understand what this place used to be like when they're old and hopefully lead in worship one day, pray for them. They're not going to understand. But what we can do is I can tell them, I'll say in 2019, we had an expand offering. In 2019, when you were born, we gave an offering. We didn't know how we were going to do it. We didn't know if it was the wisest thing to do, but it's what God called us to do. We set up these stones as a reminder of what God has done. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? And you can tell us, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a reminder, as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Now for those, if you have a good memory, if you pay attention in church, uh, my very good friend Abraham, uh, Pastor Abraham, he was here this summer and uh, he preached on this very passage. And when he preached it, as soon as he preached it, I was like, I'm preaching that at our year end because like the passage is so good. And he took a little bit of a different twist, but similar things. But what happened in this moment, I want to share it. Um, he read this part and he got us to do something. He said, everyone who's here, he's like, I want you guys to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down one thing that you're thanking God for and one thing that you're believing God for. Now, some of us, I'm sure, kind of like this is whack, put it in our pockets, didn't even think about it. Posture. But he says, just write something, one thing that you're believing for. I got a text message from someone uh, in the church, and uh, it, was, it was this September. And in the text message, she sent me this picture. And it was a picture um, of what she wrote down. If you can't read it, um, I, I blurred out the name, but he says, I believe that God will bless my husband with a new job. July 13th, 2019. In September, I got a text. And in the text, I'll read you the exact text because I, I just think it's so powerful. She said, I prayed and proclaimed for my husband. He's been at his place of employment for 18 years and he has deeply desired for change for years. As his wife, it was often hard to sit by and support him all those years, feeling helpless, often seeing him discouraged. I wrote this down, shoved it in my purse, and didn't do much more other than trusting God boldly. She said, FYI, September 23rd, he starts his new job. Come on, somebody, clap your hands. She said, I just wanted to share with you a word of encouragement to you and your church. Praise be to God for the words spoken at Kingdom Church. Your kids will ask, what do these stones mean? It's a reminder of all that God has done. Every single one of us is standing You guys all have an envelope in front of you. The envelope says sent. It's our year-end offering. We're going to sing one more song of worship. I want to encourage you right now. Maybe you have your amount already ready. Maybe you didn't know you are going to come here and give today. But as we sing this last song, many of us who have our offerings prepared, we're going to walk up, all of us. It's your moment. It's your time. It's a sign. Individually, one by one, however it is, you can come up here. You can pray for your offering. But just put it in the box. If you don't have anything prepared, don't worry. We got you covered outside. We got the debit machine, all that good stuff. 
But if you're prepared right now to give your offering, now is the time we're going to sing. But I want us to do two things. Many of us have an offering ready. But I want us to do one thing as well. And you can do it on, on your piece of paper. You can grab a connect card. You can put it in the box. You can keep it. But I want us to write one thing that we are believing for in 2020. It can be a person. It can be a thing. It can be breakthrough. But I want us to write one thing in 2020 that we are believing for. You can put it on your envelope. You can put it on your connect card, whatever you want to do. But it's going to stand as a memorial for what God's about to do. And we're going to look back, and we're going to have more stories about God working in this place. Come on, somebody. We're going to sing. I'm going to pray. And then as we sing, as you guys feel called, just, you know, just come drop off your offering. You can pray about it, whatever you feel. I'm going to pray real quickly. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. I just pray for every single one of us who's here right now, who's here to give. God, we lift up our offerings, however big, however small, they're all significant, God. We lift them up to you. We pray that you bless them, that you do more with it than we could ever imagine, that we could ever hope, that we could ever dream. Send us out in 2020, Lord. Help us to reach more people. Help us to reach that one. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want to give to our year-end offering, head over to kingdomchurch.ca slash connect and you will find out how you can give to this ministry, how you can take part in our year-end offering. We are believing that God is about to do something in 2020. And if you want to take a part in what God is doing, head there and connect with us. We look forward to seeing you guys all soon. Take care.